Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. I'm your co-host, Ali. I'm joined by my co-host, James. And I'm also joined by a third co-host for a very special... Oh, I am the star. A very special episode. (laughs) It's Monica Coleslaw, everybody. From your house. (laughs) You might know Monica from the podcast Demon Daddies, or from her talking shit in the Discord, or from her living in in your home, if you're me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's where I know her from. Monica is the real fussy, say. <laughs> the mask is off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, and we're talking about The Last of Us. Yeah. Surprise. Oh. We didn't say at all, but here we are. We're doing it. Uh-huh. I feel like we're the last of us to ever like talk about this game, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So old, I just saw. Yeah. Oh, my God. If The Last of Us was a child, it would be seven Okay. <laughs> Think about that, gamers. Oh, oh math, what? mathematician over here. Dude. I got my calculator out. Dude. Fact checking. Just gamer stuff, dude. Just gamer stuff. <laughs> We're separated by a door, but I know that Ali is like beautiful minding in the other room. <laughs> Crunching the numbers. No, nah, man. I'm just going to start explaining everything for gamers because I'm sick of fucking gamers. And, uh, dude, today I almost got in a fucking car accident because a gamer is being oh, yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> was like, yeah. Was he playing 3DS in traffic or what? Probably. He had a bunch of fucking gamer stickers on his car and he, like. And he had uh, really stupid brake lights. Yeah. <laughs> they, <And> had, like, <laughs> they had, like, plus signs in them. Yeah, it was weird. Mm. We were just trying to, like, pull over so we could, like, jump out and get cat litter. And, like, this dude had his blinker on, like, he was leaving, and I pulled up behind him, and then he, like, wouldn't leave. Yeah. And then, like, he just, like, wouldn't move, and I was getting really pissed at him, and then he started backing up to move, and he almost hit my car. Like, he went right up to my bumper, and so I started honking at him, and then he, like, flipped me off out the window. (laughs) And then still didn't leave and waited like a whole minute and then left. Like he's gonna talk about that all week. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that happens on the internet to me like ten times a day. <laughs> <laughs> From someone with like a Mass Effect and Link sticker on their car. You left the part out where uh, I had to go carry a twenty-pound bag of litter. Okay, it's all the like- way back to the car so you could have a little fight. <laughs> It's like five pounds, dude. It's 18 pounds. Is it? I think so. I don't think it is, dude. Uh, okay, I'll look into this. You're like, wow, you're like super buff. <laughs> yeah, I carry it in one figure. Yeah, so the, the last of us. Well, yeah. before we do that, we have to do our normal ad roll, which is, <clears throat> uh, as always, this episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly. Also, we're a game club. We tell you what you're going to play next. You can play along with us if you want, and you can jump in the Discord and talk to us about whatever you want, including expensive Cheetos. Um, <laughs> That's My crazy. new indie rock band name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fair warning, usually we have a schedule that we stick to, and it basically got all fucked up for mm-hmm. a bunch of reasons so yeah we're we're talking about the last of us and then we're gonna talk about the last of us too because that comes out this week 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I think then we're going to be back on the schedule with Dread Out. So, yes. I don't know. It's going to be a mess for a minute. It's okay. You'll live. Yeah. Well, The Last of Us is fun to play because it looks like three weeks into our future. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I should explain that I didn't actually play it. I watched Ali play it because I knew I, mm. I like... Uh, like I was jumpy to begin with but now like after like the riding I'm extra jumpy and I knew I couldn't handle it and actually mm-hmm. the fact that you said that it was three weeks into our future when we watched the intro it fell like two days into my past <laughs> with yeah. them like evacuating and stuff I had like a full bone meltdown but yeah oh well. it's, it's kind of funny that they're gonna release the sequel into this environment because like just mm. I don't I mean obviously I played this right now to relax for some reason because like I'm a psycho but like <laughs> I don't know if that like how popular that's gonna be you know well yeah well just imagine the riding if if from gamers if they delayed it yeah. <laughs> oh, true that'd be like the least threatening riot ever yeah I could, just, I could just like pop a boob out and just fell them all. They'd be like, I can't. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. All their hearts stop at once. They also probably wouldn't get out of their cars, so it'd be more like a little tiny destruction derby or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gamers don't get out of their cars. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, so The Last of Us is a game from 2013. It's developed by Naughty Dog. Uh, company famous for creating uh, Crash Bandicoot and yeah. <laughs> and then kind of like refining third person action adventure games throughout the rest of their development history you know yep. like they made mm-hmm. uh, Jack and Daxter in those games which got progressively more like open world and adventure then they made the Uncharted series which was like really era defining for the Playstation 3 um, kind of cinematic action adventure games and then right at the end of the PS3 and the start of the PS4, they released The Last of Us. Uh, kind of interesting because it's a bit of a left turn while also being like pretty clearly a Naughty Dog game. Yeah. Um, it's a lot darker in tone. It's a horror game, which they hadn't done before. Um, and it just has like a, a much different feel to it. It's a lot more linear and story-based uh, than like what mm-hmm. they had done in the past, even though they're a company famous for games where you just push forward. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of that here. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it shares a lot of DNA with Naughty Dog's other games, being that it's like really cinematic and it's a mix of open world adventuring and super, super linear gameplay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I also feel like this game, it's weird to play this game now, because it's been so influential in terms of other big like AAA games that it's kind of weird to play this one last no pun intended because you're just like (laughs) fuck like I feel like I missed out you know yeah well so my big thing on The Last of Us is that like it doesn't really do anything like new or novel but it just refines everything in like such a tight way and then like it has the great narrative on top so um, yeah, it's just like a, uh, it's like this this genre mono genre thing has like built up to something, and like this is like the shiny example of it or something. Yeah, exactly. So, and 
just a little diversion here. We use the term monogenre a lot on the show. And like we sort of talk about like what is the monogenre and all that. Uh, we're actually going to do a deep dive into that on this week's Zero Brightness Plus, which is our bonus show that we do on Patreon. Um, so if you want to listen to that, go sort that out. But I guess just to breeze over it quickly, um, yeah. they're pretty much just like all the big AAA games right now have a lot of similarities to each other. There are these kind of like open world action adventure games that are highly cinematic, kind of dark in tone. Uh, they're mm-hmm. sort of like the video games equivalent of prestige TV, like how all those shows are sort of on the way to becoming the same show. Sure. <laughs> like yeah. all, all sort of big AAA video games are on this path to becoming the exact same game. And arguably <laughs> like it's already happened. And that's kind of what we're going to sure. talk about in that side episode. But, um, yeah, like this game, I think is definitely kind of an important milestone within that genre mm-hmm. because it adds sto- a different kind of storytelling and it really refines it. I think right. what was striking to me playing this game was that it feels like a good version of something that a bunch of other games have attempted. Like it was really hard not to think of Alan Wake when playing this uh, game. Yeah. absolutely right it's alan wake but like good yeah (laughs) well and even like just trying to do something that's more linear and story-based and really relies on the on the writing that's something that a lot Mm -hmm. of big and especially triple a video games have attempted in the last x amount of years but i think the writing in this game is really good and totally puts it above like all those other games well, and it's not even like the overarching plot of the game because it's really, you know, like the plot is very simple, but it's like the moment to moment things and, and the themes it dwells on that makes it uh, really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah. I think having good characters and good writing uh, is kind of what makes that happen for the game, I would mm-hmm. argue. Uh like when you think of something like Alan Wake, I mean, the writing isn't good and the characters aren't like super distinct. So mm-hmm. you couldn't really just lean on that and say, oh, this is actually good. But like with this game, like Monica just watched me play it and still could like get enjoyment out of parts of it or like be invested in it because there's like this whole other element yeah. to it. Well, you actually like give a shit about the people that are in it. Cause like, I don't know. Sometimes I watch you play stuff or I play stuff and I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to like jump off this cliff because I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'll see if he dies. That's fine. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like with this, I don't know. Like, I think they like kind of like set the bar for empathy pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this game definitely like holds you like emotionally hostage. Yeah. Um. Just like you know, a, a great episode of Queer Eye or something like. That. Yeah. <laughs> what? You know, it, it grabs you by the tearjerkers and doesn't let go. Queer Eye is great at that. It's like scientifically formulated <laughs> to like hold you emotionally hostage. I thought it was just like a game show kind of. It's not a game show. It's a yeah. lifestyle makeover show, where a guy yeah. also teaches you how to buy deli salads. <laughs> or like teaches like a fifty-year-old man how to feel. For the yeah. first time in this life. Yeah, we can watch And then, one. like, everyone cries. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's just fun. like a circle of like gay men crying around like an old white man. Yeah. Like fixing him for once. Yeah. There's something yeah. about that that I just, I don't, I don't know. Something seems off and I can't put my finger. No, on. it's nice. I think it's because. It's fantastic. <laughs> no, it's nice. The Last of Us is just queer eye for the straight guy. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is they do uh, my favorite thing that, uh, uh, what media does uh they uh kill a kid right away <laughs> oh you're talking about the last of us not queer yeah. i was like god damn queer Eye, episode one <laughs> they just they all kill a child in a circle they do it at the beginning of each episode yeah you they're know. all warlocks actually they reaffirm mm-hmm. their dedication to satan of course uh-huh <laughs> uh but no they they kill what's his butt joel's kid right away yeah yeah and well, then they have to, yeah right? and then it's game on baby and you feel <laughs> yeah. bad for him the rest of the time because his baby is dead <laughs> well the crazy thing about this the beginning of this game is that it happens like 45 minutes from my house <laughs> now I, I was like nobody nobody told me about this I oh felt yeah emotionally invested immediately yeah, yeah. so well yeah. and i think this is like a really good counterpoint that's going on right here because monica and i are both kind of to what Monica said earlier, Monica and I are both playing other games right now that we don't really give a shit about the plot of the characters at all. Uh, mm. I'm playing Spider-Man on the PS4 mm. and she's playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And oh like, my God, so boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, we're both playing those games because we like some of the mechanics in it like in spider-man it's just really fun to like swing around and in red dead it's fun to like be a cowboy and ride on a horse Well, it's fun to crouch and eat cans of beans while everybody else shoots stuff (laughs) (laughs) yes it is hilarious (laughs) um but like in those games like when the cutscenes start we're both having the experience of like our brains just shutting off because it's like sure you know like spider-man it's like peter parker loves mj aunt may you know it's like oh my god are you fucking kidding me you know and like red dead they're pretty much just going like well varmint how's it going baby (laughs) it's like they're just saying fucking nothing (laughs) and so it's like it's a really big counterpoint to this game where like i turned on the subtitles immediately because some of the positional audio shit is weird and you can like Mm, walk away i noticed that yeah like you can walk away from a character and not hear what they're saying and i was like bothered by it because i wanted to hear what they're saying in spider-man mm. if there was an option to turn it on so that i couldn't hear what anybody was saying i would absolutely <laughs> do that like i would have done that 10 minutes in well all right so the game this game starts you know classic zombie outbreak and you meet joel and his daughter gets killed by a bootlicker and then <laughs> the game fast forwards 20 years and that's where the game really takes place right um it it's it, it, it's like a really good setup though like i don't know it i felt like it like hit you know so another thing that the last of us does really well that i think a lot of games nowadays seem to fumble really hard is that it has a great setup it has a great opening um basically just kind of showing you the situation introducing you to this character and then uh kind of like immediately showing you how the world has progressed and like what the setting is of the game. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things this game does that are kind of like a cool twist on the genre of like a big AAA action game. Um, One of my favorites was that it's just got a really cool world. Like 
It's this world that's really heavily destroyed, but is also being reclaimed by nature. Um, So there's like a lot of overgrown kind of like blown up neighborhoods and buildings and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Also right after that opening like intro, you are introduced to the fact that like there is a society still present, but it's just like heavily militarized quote unquote quarantine zones. Uh, Oops. Mm -hmm. Oops. We gave everyone guns. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like this dystopian authoritarian uh, future where yeah. the people who don't want to, you know, become the victim of this viral outbreak break, have to stay in these cities. They have to do exactly what they're told. They basically have, like, assigned jobs. They have assigned, like, food and ration cards. They have mm-hmm. curfews, like... And it's cool because this stuff isn't presented in, like, the way that I think a shittier video game would, where it's like, can you believe this future? Like, it's all just <laughs> kind of shown to you as you're, like, walking through the first section of this game like you're just picking up on details and it's really cool i was just gonna say it reminds me of this like text-based rpg i played on my phone a couple months ago i think it was called i want to say ai dungeon or something Hmm. but it was like basically the same plot oh that's cool yeah yeah it reminds me a lot of children of men yeah yeah i got like heavy children of men and uh cormac mccarthy the road vibes yeah definitely big influences on this game it's a cool setting and it's like you're under this authoritative state but the more you explore america you the the more you notice that like the failed state has basically like failed everywhere else like all the quarantine zones are like abandoned uh except for like this one you visit in boston right and everywhere you go, like, you you expect to see, like, oh, there's going to be, like, some, uh, you know, there's this, uh, quote-unquote gang called the Fireflies. You expect them to be there, but, like, every time you show up, like, everyone's dead and gone. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think that the, the way that they present the world um, is cool. The way that they mix, like, human and non-human enemies makes the world feel actually mm. dangerous, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, the human enemies are, like, some of the most dangerous ones. Yeah, exactly. So as you're going around, going from town to town, like, you're seeing different things. Some places might be overrun by the zombies, which are called clickers in this game, but I'm not going to call them that the whole episode for sure. Uh, they're <laughs> zombies, whatever. Uh, and then, like, some places you go, it's all human enemies, and it, mm-hmm. it kind of just, like, reinforces the fact that, like, the world is super dangerous, and that's why people stay in those, like, shitty like quarantine zones because it's like yeah you don't want to leave it sucks <laughs> this game uh you ever watch that show uh, life after people this game has like a oh. huge life after people vibe i'm too scared <laughs> yeah that was a pretty depressing yeah. show. <laughs> as you're explaining this though i feel like the human enemies versus like the people who had the virus is like exactly how i feel about seeing people at brunch this weekend (laughs) yeah do you know what i mean ali like yeah no i know exactly what you mean yeah because i feel like they're just as bad as people who are definitely carrying coronavirus (laughs) all all i think about is coronavirus Mm. yeah no i mean welcome to the last of us yeah, yeah, this game, it's weird to play it now because it's about a viral outbreak that turns people into zombies. And, mm-hmm. like, it's about 
you know, humanity failing to contain or even remotely like deal with said outbreak. And yeah. So I feel like playing it now is like it's super like chilling. Every image you see, you're just like fuck, fuck, sure. fuck. And especially being in Minneapolis, where there's just like burnt out buildings everywhere and shit. You're just yeah. like yeah, fuck. Like it's here. And what's going on in the game is like sort of loosely based on real science because there's a a, a fungus that like takes over like insects. So I think one of the developers of the game actually watched an episode of like Planet Earth and oh. was like inspired by that episode of Planet Earth. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a there's there's like a a fungus that takes over like ant brains and they can control the ants. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't work on people yet. Yeah. But I'm yet. so scared of ants. I just watched so a, we. <laughs> I just watched a video about how uh Ants will like bind together and like push stuff away, or if you like grab a clump of mm-hmm. ants, you can pick it up and ugh, pick it up and drop it, and it'll stay together. Ants are really scary. Yeah, they can turn into an ant rope. Yeah, or like that episode of Outer Limits where they recreate Bo Bridges' face because they're obsessed with him. <laughs> so let's not underestimate That's amazing. the ants. Noted, duly noted. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking about the uh, like the, the like the the setup and everything, but like the game is really pretty simple. It's it's an adventure game light. You know, there aren't any like crazy puzzles. It's super linear. Like if you want to be super reductionist about it, you're really going from like you know linear hallway to linear hallway throughout the game. Even though some areas become wider and your leash becomes longer and you can kind of explore um like adjacent areas and things like that you're always led in one direction down like a never-ending hallway oh yeah and uh here's a pro tip like because i screwed up a couple times earlier in the game like if you see a diverting path just take it because you'll never go back to that spot a second time to check out what was down that diverting path oh yeah you know my take on this game like mechanically it was that I felt like it was just like a super, super reduced version of a survival horror game. Once again, kind of in the way that Alan Wake was attempting to be where like, you're basically just moving forward down linear hallways. Uh, you sometimes get a little bit of, of freedom to move around and hunt for items and stuff. There is item scarcity. So yeah, you're making totally. choices to try and keep your stock up there's choices you make in terms of like crafting and upgrading skills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it has some of that feel of a survival horror game, but it's not like resident evil. You're never going to run around a mansion and find keys and stuff like sure. A couple times in the game, you have to find a key and like do a little bit of backtracking and it's almost shocking. Like, cause you've just been like (laughs) moving forward the whole time. Yeah. But I think it works. Like that was the unexpected thing for me was like, I think it really works. Well, so, like, playing this game, though, like, and having an analytical brain while doing it, like, I definitely saw, like, three distinct, like, modes, quote-unquote. There's, like, a a narrative mode where you're basically just walking around exploring while the characters talk, you know, while you you loot, get items, and things like that. And then there's, like, puzzle-solving rooms where you essentially have to, like, turn on a generator... Or, you know, like move the pallet so Ellie can get on it and get the ladder down. And then there's like combat arenas 
uh, whether you or where you could, you know, either shoot everybody or try to be sneaky as possible. That right. stealth shit is so scary. <laughs> but yeah, it, it has a lot of tension, which is probably where like most of the horror in this game comes from. But yeah, those are like the three like modes and you can always feel the game like switching between those three, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that the the like combat arena stuff, it should be said, like that's another place where you actually do have some control over what happens because mm-hmm. there's a lot of options for stealth and there are options to avoid combat. I think that yeah. a lo- I, reading online and just kind of kind of trying to take the temperature of how people feel about this game it seems like a lot of people didn't do that like a lot of people came to this mm-hmm. game as like action gamers i think and we're just yeah. like see 20 guys kill 20 guys but like you can beeline for the exit and not kill anybody mm-hmm. well you'll probably die 10 times because you are very squishy in this game <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no you're, you're right but it was it was just interesting that like i feel like some people who say this isn't a horror game or critique like you know it as like not a horror game or whatever i think they were just like not playing it as a horror game but this game totally lets you play it that way i tended to do like dirty stealth like take out like a couple guys like while i'm sneaking around uh i found it impossible to not kill anyone oh Um, yeah it's not you know if it you know if if the situation went really bad yeah generally i would die in a firefight because it's you know it's really hard if, if there's like six guys against just you you're like totally screwed yeah, yeah for sure yeah ali was just like shiving people left and right yeah you really got to be a sneak <laughs> yeah and i think it actually makes the game better if you play it that way because it is more tense and the tension like mm-hmm. continues throughout but yeah you you don't you can't really do like a non-violent playthrough or like a playthrough without killing anybody or anything like that. But at the same time, like you have a lot of options to not just go in guns blazing. Mm -hmm. Also, once you get noticed, it's really hard because the, uh, the human enemy AI will like try to circle you like constantly. So you like really have to be on your toes if you hit the R1 button, you do get Hitman vision, so you can see through walls and see where the bad guys are. Yeah. Um, so there's like a lot of like juggling Hitman vision and trying to like shiv one guy while the other guy has his back to you, things like that. Yeah, there was a really funny moment, and once again, this totally plays into the idea that like all AAA video games are just becoming the same game. <laughs> but like uh, right when I started playing it, Monica was like, "Can you use your Witcher vision?" <laughs> and then i was like i don't know and then i i hit r1 which i think is the same button as in the witcher 3 and my witcher Mm. vision came up and i was like (laughs) what in the hell yeah i call it hitman vision but yeah same deal yeah it's just like so funny because it's just it's just another one of those games like if you play mono genre dude yeah it the mono genre is so you nailed it it's so real uh yeah and it's just so like heavy but yeah, it was it was funny that like the more I played The Last of Us, the more I felt like it actually t- had a lot of like nice twists on that idea mm-hmm. or like sure. on the way that games seem to be becoming more like homogenous. Sure. Um, you know, and the horror stuff really is like the biggest twist, I think. Yeah, well, so 
I think one of the weaker parts of the game is the puzzle solving because there's just so many points where it like becomes a cliche and even Ellie will comment on it where like you have to do another puzzle where you're in the water and you like grab a floating pallet. Like you have to do that scenario like five or six times in the game and it's like, oh my God, like um, with, you know, with, with how well crafted the narrative is. You think they would have like just like come up with something else, like you know? like you teach her to swim? <laughs> yeah, teach her to swim because <laughs> that comes up like twice in the game. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, once again, I think that like in any discussion of this game, it's really worth reiterating that like this game is seven years old, and it's very very video gamey, like. Even for for all the ways that it gets away from that and that it actually, like, it it has, like, really good storytelling and it has good writing and, like, it has an interesting presentation and blah, blah, blah. It's, like, such a video game. Um, sure. Well, some of the puzzles, some of the best puzzles reminded me of, like, easier puzzles in, like, The Legend of Zelda dungeons. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know... Um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, yeah, like a rotted out old hotel and you have to figure out how to get on like a certain floor, you know, you have to like grab the ladder and drop it down and put it in another place. It feels like something from like the Deku forest in Zelda 64 or something, you know? Yeah, no, totally. It's like super <laughs> video gamey. It's very Zelda. But the thing too, is that I felt like that was actually good for the game because it just kept you moving sure and that's kind of like the point of the game is that it keeps you moving and it also so something that may be an upgrade for the remaster which is basically the version that is like everywhere now that if you play it today you're probably going to play that version uh Mm -hmm. is that there's a shit ton of checkpoints like infinity Mm, checkpoints so if you die you're probably going to get set back like 20 seconds from where you died i think the most i ever got set back was like a minute um one bad thing about that is that um if you do want to go back and look at something you missed you sort of can't yeah which uh yeah i did that on one point like i found the the combination to a safe that i couldn't get back to sure so yeah yeah things like that but i I like how it just keeps you moving i think that especially Mm -hmm. like playing like older survival horror games or playing certain games that are really like unforgiving which we do for the show like i just get really sick of like having to replay parts and like redo shit and so it was really nice to play this game because it's just like yeah man just keep walking forward it's fine like you'll you'll figure it out it's not like a puzzle box it's just like a uh, a bunch of hallways with like little puzzle rooms in them right yeah totally i think this game is just like super playable and easy to enjoy uh, mm-hmm. which once again is kind of puts it apart from almost everything we cover for the show like yeah. every other game we cover is like this is the hardest game ever and you have to do all this stuff to try and love <laughs> it but like you should give it a try and like i don't know i mean that's part of the reason we're covering this i mean part of the reason is that like we just like impulse bought a ps4 <laughs> and it was like well, well i'm gonna it wasn't really an impulse. It was our nephew has a PS4. And when we evacuated, we were at his house and I was watching him play a PS4. And I told Ali that if our house didn't burn down, I was going to buy a PS4. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that is not happening. <laughs> yeah. Part another part of the reason is that like yeah, we just had this really shitty like traumatic time. That, you know, like we're not out of it. Like it's still everything's still happening. Like yeah. COVID is still happening. Police are still happening. Uh, and like I don't know. It was just like the thought of that like dealing with all that while trying to play like old shitty dreamcast games that were just gonna like (laughs) kick my ass over and over i was like i don't fucking want to do that like that sounds awful and i'm the biggest look i'm dreamcast defender number one but like all (laughs) the games that we are eventually still going to cover for dreamcast month are fucking turds dude like they're just terrible terrible games that were mostly at you d2 yeah ill bleed like come on i mean do we have to yes but the reason we're doing that is to like torture ourselves for the amusement of our listeners and like right now yeah. i was just not here for it we had enough torture yeah Can't do it. Yeah. exactly and so it was just like when we got a ps4 i was like i just want to play some games that are just like really playable and easy to enjoy and like sit on the yes. couch and chill out with and mm-hmm. weirdly you know weirdly because some of the themes this game presents are really heavy and fucked up and we'll get to that but like as an experience it's so just like easy to keep watching and like playing and just enjoying that it is kind of amazing and it kind of once again tipped me off to why these sorts of games are so popular and like why this kind of has become the default game because it's like it's so playable it's so easy to enjoy well, speaking on that, one thing I did want to mention is that um, sometimes when the player gets stuck in this game, one of the characters will mention something that'll tip you off. Yeah. Like, uh, I was doing a puzzle once, and I was just, like, leaving the controller idle because I was, like, eating a sandwich or something. And then Ellie was like, hey, look up there. And then that was, like, the solution of the puzzle. Oh, my God. So they just do things that are, like... <laughs> Oh, there was one part I was like really stuck on. Um, you remember when you get to the hydroelectric dam and you yeah. have to do like another one of those pallet puzzles? Oh yeah, yeah. With Ellie, I didn't, I couldn't figure out where the pallet was, and then like I struggled for five minutes, and then the game put a cursor on the pallet underwater. Yeah, I did. The I same never would have looked there. I did the same thing, like the exact same thing. Um, they knew they fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely like you're supposed to keep moving forward, you know? Yeah. I think, like, yeah. I keep harping on that because another thing that occurred to me while playing this game was that this is, like, such a good movie game. Like, totally, it really is just, like, a movie, at, but you're playing a game. And I think it was just really striking to me because, like, we subjected ourselves to Man of Medan. All of us did. All three of us here. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And that was hot crap. That sucked. <laughs> like, that game was just utter garbage. <laughs> And it was funny because that game was, like, so confused about how to be, like, a movie game, you know? It was, like, basically just a shitty movie, except sometimes you had to move a cursor. Uh, Whereas, like, (laughs) this game is so confident in doing the same thing that it approaches it in a totally different way. And I think it's really cool. Like, I would be all for playing more horror games like this or getting more horror games like this. Yeah, totally. Um, It, 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 it. I think the the thing this game is perfect is like giving you a long enough leash at the right points. Yeah. You know, because it always keeps you moving forward. But at the same time, when it gives you like something gorgeous to stare at, you're going to like slow down and explore, you know? Yeah. 
And that's that's one of the best things about this world too is that it lets you yeah stop and look at things that are really cool. Like there's an you know kind of a mid game part where you find this abandoned neighborhood that's yeah. overgrown and like love it. Yeah, it's such a cool part of the game. Um, mm-hmm. You can explore around and like you f- you know you'll find notes that are optional. You'll find items that are optional, but it's mostly just there so that. You can just walk around this neighborhood and hear some dialogue and just like experience the world of the game. And once again, the writing really props that up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also like at that point in the game, you have like children with you. Yeah. And essentially like at the, from before that, it's just been like kids in a war zone and you get there and like the kids start like acting like their kids again and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's really endearing, you know? Yeah, it's got a really good push and pull. Like, it's not just constant, like, military shooting. Like, Well, well, 10 minutes later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You have to play sniper or whatever. But, like, it it is a nice push and pull. Because, like, I think one thing in this game that's worth mentioning is that there is a lot of parts where you're basically just playing, like, an action game. Yes. Uh, But... I think it's just like framed and surrounded by all these other parts that are so unlike that, that I personally felt like those parts worked or I sort of like forgave the game, I guess for having so much of that shit because there's so much like other cool shit. After playing the game and DLC back to back with each other, I, I could see like a 10 to 15% reduction in shooting scenes. Yeah. um, I mean, it would make the game shorter and that's probably why they're there, you know? Yeah, totally. Because, yeah, I mean, the DLC is amazing. Like, I kind of feel like the DLC is better than the main game. Uh, wow. Like, it, so, okay. Maybe we should talk about these characters before we talk about this, like, DLC shit. But... Yeah, um, well, yeah. So, the main characters in the game are uh, Dylan McDermott and Ellen Page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, their names are Joel. You can't say that. Yeah. The lawsuit is still pending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I did say, okay, so the main characters' names are Joel and Ellie. Joel's like a middle-aged man, and Ellie's like a young girl. I don't know if they ever say her age, but I feel like she's supposed to be like 13. 14. 14, okay, perfect, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I felt like she was 13 or 14. Um, yeah. So Ellie is just like a lot like Ellen Page and Juno, like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the and J- no one talks about this, but Monica pointed this out, that Joel looks a lot like Dylan McDermott. <laughs> I I googled it and like a lot of people noticed but he didn't say anything. Yeah. So I don't know mm. if it's because he just doesn't care or if like he's too busy. He's too busy. He's above it. <laughs> yeah. But I think Ellen Page was like in another video game at the time and that's why it was a big deal for her. Yeah. So mm. I incorrectly said I think in the Discord or maybe just to Monica, I can't remember that Ellen Page sued these guys. That didn't happen. What did happen was that Ellen Page like went on Twitter and was like, what the fuck, guys? Which I think is 100% fair. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But she was in another game uh, that I think it's Heavy Rain or some some David Cage game. David Cage sucks. That's the official position of of Zero Brightness. Uh, (laughs) Even though everyone in our Discord is like obsessed with David Cage, I hate that guy and I can't stand him. I think all his games Mm. are heavily misogynistic and he's a moron. Um, anyway, he did a game that actually had Ellen Page in it as like a digital actress and she 
almost sued them. Like she, she contacted a lawyer and had proceedings going, but didn't sue them. I think they settled or something happened because in that game, her character had like a shower scene and they like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They made like a full body model of her without her knowing and then what? it's that not so fucked so fucked because she didn't do any capture or anything for that it's yeah. like they made a body and then put her head on it Ugh. and then the model it's almost like deep fake revenge porn yeah, or some shit. yeah weird. exactly and then the model leaked so the model was out there on the internet and there was this like really detailed oh 3d digital Ugh. nude model of ellen page and then ellen page was like you guys are fucking scum uh, mm-hmm. but I, I, I guess they must've settled out of court or something happened cause she didn't end up suing them. But I think she's just had a real hard time with video games, which makes me sad. Cause I love Ellen page. She's like super cool. Mm. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So it makes yeah. me sad, but I did like that. She just kind of went on Twitter and was like, guys, yeah, <laughs> her name is Ellie. Come on guys. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I thought she was great in the last of us. What are you talking about? it's just like yeah it's kind of a bummer but Mm. anyway uh so two main characters uh you've got joel uh joel like we said he's this middle-aged guy he's seen a lot his daughter dies in the first two minutes of the game so you're like you know that about him uh he's a little emotionally repressed yeah, yeah exactly and ellie is this young girl that he is sort of like charged with smuggling out of the city um Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of weird because at first he doesn't know like what the nature of the job is or who she is but he just has to look after her and you know as you'd expect it's kind of like a odd couple thing where they grow closer together they kind of learn to love each other and eventually they're kind of like a father daughter thing yeah sort of but it's a little more morally ambiguous than that, which makes it interesting. Exactly. I One of the things I was going to say is that I really like this game because it's not as cut and dry as that. And it doesn't. Yeah. It's not as easy and simple as that. Like one totally. thing that was said in our discord when we were talking about this game was that this was a quote unquote dad game, um, which mm. is kind of like a micro genre that people like to <laughs> sort of dunk on after God of War. And I totally get it because God sure. of War was like. The, the director is like in a YouTube video crying about how he loves his son and it's like this is the same series where the main character used to like chain people to the wall and have sex with them or whatever like right. what the fuck like fuck you you're a, <laughs> you're a fucking moron you know but like I forgot about that yeah well that you could fuck people in the first God of War game yeah exactly uh, <laughs> oh God. yeah and so it's like I don't know. It just seemed really lame and super like fake when it was like, I love my son. God of war is for adults now. And it's like, shut up, you moron. (laughs) But like, I like that in this game, Joel isn't like a benevolent dad and he's not a good, which we'll talk about at some point in this episode, but he's not a good person and he doesn't even like really like Ellie. He just sort of becomes like connected to her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the beginning. Yeah. But even through the middle part, (laughs) I'm going to argue once we get to talking about the end, I'm going to argue that even at the end, like his connection to her is really weird and like kind of disturbed. And it's not like, I love my son. It feels like, do you remember that movie that um, Bobcat Goldthwait made where like him and that little girl just go on like a killing spree across America? Yeah. It's like that. I think it's called um, I Love America or something like or that. Or like God Bless America or something. God All I remember America. is there's that scene where they throw a baby in there and shoot it. 
<laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, this game basically is that. Yeah. But it's like that that dynamic. Uh, Joel and Ellie kill a lot of yeah. grown-ass men. It feels like that dynamic where it's like more of just like they just ended up together and have to deal with it. And by the end, they're like, I mean, they're closer at the end. Yeah. I was thinking more like uh, twins with uh, <laughs> Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, no, okay. If you guys haven't watched God Bless America, I actually really like that movie. I don't know if Monica actually likes that movie. I don't, no. <laughs> okay. But I don't like Bobcat Goldthwait because he was in that um, episode of Tales from the Crypt with the puppet. Oh, sure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. I think God Bless America is worth watching if you like The Last of Us, because I think it's sort of like the evil twin of The Last of Us. Um, Mm. We're watching Veep right now. And I'm really into describing things as the evil twin of something else because I think Veep is the evil twin of Parks and Rec. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's actually very good. But, it's like, nice. yeah, God Bless America is basically about a middle aged man and a teenage girl who meet up and decide to go on like a killing spree across America. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, I guess it's a dark comedy, but it's like so dark and fucked yeah. up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like. The relationship that happens between these two is just really strange. It's like they're just stuck together because they decided to do this crazy thing. Um, and I think that The Last of Us has some of those vibes. But mm. once again, it's kind of in the eye of the beholder. Like, I guess it's it's I'm not going to say it's subtle, but it's subtle enough that someone could just read it as like, oh, he's like her dad now, you know, but I think there's a lot more at play here. Well, it's, it starts off as Joel, like, smuggling Ellie out of the city for a bunch of guns. Guns, yeah. I was like, didn't he, like, help her for coupons? But it was guns. Yeah. It wasn't Subway coupons this time. <laughs> that is their currency, though, is filled out Subway footlong cards. <laughs> Remember the uh, Subway stamps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go back to the uh, original Subway stamp-based currency yeah. in the future. <laughs> post cordyceps but yeah so like he's supposed to smuggle her out of the city but when they get to the place everyone's dead yeah and so it it like it it begins this like journey across america to like where they're supposed to get to these places but everybody's dead yeah yeah um and then when he finally gets to the place he's like he wants to get rid of her but then you know he he realizes that um you know the real journey was the friends we made along the way yeah yeah He's like, I'm a father now. I don't need. I don't need these coupons. Well, so like, I thought it was really cool that like each each part of this <laughs> that each part of this like story was like framed into like the the four seasons of the year that they're together. Yeah, yeah. like I thought that was like really nice. And then like the gorgeous world is like changing as like they go through their journey. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I really liked about that is that, yeah, so it's a road movie. takes place over a year. (laughs) It's separated into seasons. And, I mean, this game, I think How Long to Beat says it's about 15 hours. Mm. Um, I don't know how accurate that is because you don't really get, like, a play counter on the PS4. Um, But 
it kind of feels like there's an arc that finishes at about the length of like a movie you know sure so it's like it is a really nice game to sit down and play for like the same amount of time as you'd watch like a long movie mm. and then stop then pick it up the next day or the next time that you want to play it uh once yeah. again i think that this game takes a lot of inspiration from like prestige tv and i think they've done something totally. pretty cool with it like i wouldn't mind if more games were structured in that way it's once again it's like the idea behind alan wake where each part of the game is like an episode and you're moving on to the next episode but i just think it's yeah. it's done in a in a better way well i think there's a lot of talk of this becoming a movie and i think that's probably a mistake it should probably be a tv show oh i said it should be neither oh really <laughs> <laughs> well if you were going to do it like the only way to like give it its due diligence would be to be a TV show and maybe do like a, a season per uh, season. Oh I yeah. <laughs> it is going to be an HBO show, a TV show. Is it? But yeah. Monica had this hot take that she wanted to air out. Oh my God. It's not a hot take. It's just like a valid opinion. It can be both. <laughs> anyway, I said it's a pepper shaped <laughs> Cheeto of a take. It's a mermaid Cheeto. Um, no, I was going to say that, like, I don't think it should, like, go to, like, television or movies because I feel like a lot of the what makes the game good is, like, the decision making and you wouldn't have that in a TV show because you would just be a spectator. Also, I feel like it wouldn't be executed well and, like, it would just be, like, a zombie show, you know? Can you actually make decisions in this game, though? I feel like you can because it's, like, shoot versus shiv one of the one of the things this game does is like give you these like grand illusions right like it gives you this huge sense of scale but really you're going down hallways and i think this game gives you like the illusion of choice when you're really like mostly watching a movie yeah um, that makes sense. i think it's just good at those tricks you know well okay i think that one of the biggest themes in the game is violence i think mm -hmm. that the most striking thing about this game is the violence and the violence is all a directly connected to the player and the player's actions mm -hmm. and b it is all based on player choice so like it doesn't have story choices like you would see it's not like man of medan where it's like do you want to make a meaningless <laughs> choice and accidentally murder your girlfriend oops yeah, like right. instead it actually ties a lot of the central themes to gameplay choices that you the player make and mm. I think in that way, I totally agree with Monica where like a TV show would need to adopt a completely different theme or completely a, a completely different approach like to the themes in order to do the same thing that the game does. Or just do its own story and call it something else. Yeah. <laughs> or they could shoot it like, uh, what's that movie, Ali? When you started playing Hitman, I thought Hardcore Henry. Oh. <laughs> they should shoot it like hardcore henry mixed in with in first person yeah mixed with the interactive uh black mirror show <laughs> hello so <it's> like, hollywood <laughs> monica has a film degree so <laughs> no i just think because it's like in the tv show they would have to like be like oh is he just gonna be shooting everyone or is he gonna be like a creepy fuck like sneaking up on people and like choking them to death you know yeah, yeah. and like that was like the thrill for me like when i was watching it 
Well, I feel like it's more on brand of Joel to kill the shit out of everyone because yeah. he's sort of a sociopath. Yeah, he sucks, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a fucking killer, like, straight yeah. up. And he teaches Ellie how to kill. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, okay. Let's talk about violence. Because mm. this is, like, the main thing I want to talk about with this game. Because I think it's the main theme of the game. And mm. also, interestingly enough, in looking at some of the pre-release stuff for The Last of Us 2, not trying to look at too much, because the game has been, like, mega hardcore spoiled. Um but the director of the game, you know, talking about the sequel, was saying that the whole focus and theme of the sequel is violence, the cycle of violence, and trying to comment on violence in the real world and in video games. Which oh. is interesting because also the first two reviews of the game I read both tore it apart for being like overly violent. And just be really? and I think there's something at play there that I want to talk about in a minute, but it was very interesting because I actually feel like in The Last of Us, the first one that we played, uh, the commentary on violence is actually really well done. Like, it's not mm. perfect, and it's highly, highly debatable, but given all the factors at play and, like, what the game is at its core, I was pretty impressed, mm. like, with the commentary that they made on it. But, so I think this it was interesting to feel that way and then read about The Last of Us 2 and then just be like, oh my god, everyone's, like, mad at it for being so violent, right? Um so far not all the reviews are out but the some of the early reviews were just like fuck this shit right but i mean okay so the last of us one the last of us zero if you will uh is like shockingly violent like yeah insanely okay. violent and to me as someone who doesn't really play any video games that have realistic super graphic violence like the first time I killed someone in this game, I actually went, oh my god. <laughs> and then yeah. like... When Ellie jumps on their back, like a backpack of death, and starts stabbing <laughs> them in the throat. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. And like, the game, it was funny because it quickly added a commentary to it. So once you have Ellie as like a companion in the game, almost every mm -hmm. time you like completely demolish a guy's head, she's like, holy shit, Joel, or what the fuck? And yeah. at multiple times in the game, I found myself saying the same thing at the same time as Ellie. <laughs> like, yeah. Joel would, like, smash a dude's <laughs> head open, and then Ellie and I would both go, oh, my God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and Yeah, totally. It's interesting because I think that, you know, so the game, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but my first take was, like, okay, the game is trying to comment on violence, but it's also, like, really violent. But... Mm. Like I said, I also just got a PS4 and I got the subscription service. So I've been trying out some games, including games that are totally not the type of game like I would totally play normally. And a lot of them are fucking super violent. Like, oh yeah. I think that to me it was shocking, but I think to a lot of video gamers, like, it wouldn't be. And sure. it would almost might actually be some sort of commentary on them to have like a 14 year old girl being like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I was kind of like into it pretty quickly. Cause as I've said on the show too, I'm not into like graphic, realistic violence, watching my nephew play GTA, like upset me. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so halfway through the game, like Joel gets like injured really badly and Ellie needs to take care of him for like, over a month while he heals yeah 
And um, there's a lot of violence in that part because, like, Ellie has to escape where she she got, like, caught by these dudes and she has to escape. And then Joel, on the other side, is, like, trying to get to her. And there's just, like, three or four scenes of, like, ultra violence while they get back to each other. And then, uh, yeah, it kind of, like, climaxes with her having, like, an emotional breakdown after, like, stabbing this guy repeatedly in the throat. Yeah. And they finally, like, get back to each other. It's, like, a... Yeah, it's, like, a big pivotal moment in the game. And it's, like, bookended by violence, extreme violence, you know? Yeah, totally. But I think that the game, like, it takes some steps to not, like, glorify the violence. And to also just, Mm -hmm. like, make it really disturbing. Like, mm-hmm. even sometimes when you're fighting these, like, hordes of zombies, uh, there's, like, one area where you get a flamethrower, and then you're suddenly put up against a bunch of zombies. And the zombies are really weird and freaky. Like, uh, yeah. they're, they have these big plant kind of growths all over them, and they still sort of move and act like people, but they're all, like, fucked up and weird looking. Uh, sometimes it looks like they're just a bunch of people like hardcore dancing at a show, you know? Uh, and so like when I got this flamethrower, I was like, Oh, this is useful. Cause there's a bunch of zombies and then I use it on them and it was like really fucked up. Like it was just like people on fire flailing. And I'm pretty sure Joel went like Jesus. And it was like, <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just little things like that where it's once again, maybe I'm just like, more sensitive to that kind of shit but i was like wow this is like very fucked up and the game is also like taking this step to not present Mm. it to me as just like oh it's just a video game like it's fine you know right yeah and like i don't know okay so i think that when you talk about the violence in this game it's kind of caught between two ideas uh on the one hand I think this is the sort of like boring centrist idea, like in the way you could frame the game is, and it's very like triple a video game style, right? Which is that Mm -hmm. you're a good guy with a gun, right? Like you're just like another grizzled middle-aged white guy. You're shooting very clearly delineated bad guys. Like it's very hackish Mm -hmm. and tropey and the game does fall into that. Like when you go to Philadelphia and there's like bandits, it's like, Mm-hmm. they're bandits and literally like their banter they have privately is like i wish i could have killed more women and children you know yep. and so it's yeah. like you know that it's okay for you to shoot them uh right. and that's kind of like boring and the game definitely gets into some of that right sure but i think the much more interesting idea that the game presents over and over is that not just that violence is bad but that joel is probably a sociopath right oh totally like yeah. He's like, I'm just a survivor. I'm going to do what it takes to survive. And eventually, like, I'm going to do what it takes to protect Ellie as well. But, like, he genuinely doesn't like helping people. Uh, He genuinely doesn't like doing things that are good for the sake of them being good. Like, he initially takes on Ellie because he wants his money back from a weapons deal. Right? Right. And, like, even, like, he mostly grows close to her because of his own tragic backstory. It's not really like because of some sort of character growth. He's the exact same person at the end of the game as he is at the beginning of the game. I mean, it's like either that or like the more you live through, the more you tolerate and the less you care. That's how I read it. Well, it's, it's, that's, I think that's part of the Cormac McCarthy, the road thing, you know, like horrible shit's going to have to happen in situations like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But okay. So let's talk about the ending. Here's your spoiler warning. 
because I want to I want to kind of talk <laughs> about it in that context. So I think it's really it's crazy. Like when I saw it, oh, I was like, super good. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's a crazy. Wait, idea. can I say one other thing in regard to spoilers? Yeah, sure. Uh, like when Ollie was like maybe like an hour into it, like Ellie was like saying something, and I went, "Oh, I love this mean little lesbian." Before I knew anything about the second one <laughs> and then ollie was like oh actually and i was like i'm a genius <laughs> big spoil. well it's revealed in the uh, dlc yeah 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 exactly oh. yeah it's very cute little moment yeah, yeah. i didn't know that then yet. they die yeah <laughs> then they die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay but so the ending of the main game is basically that they are trying to get to this hospital so that they can use samples from Ellie to make like a vaccine for this virus that's like totally destroyed humanity, right? Um, and so they've been going from place to place trying to find this lab. They finally find the lab, but in the course of getting into there, they're attacked. Joel gets knocked out. Uh, mm-hmm. He comes to and finds out that she's already in surgery. And that basically they're not going to like take samples from her. They're going to like dissect her, right? Like she's going to die and sacrifice herself so that they can have this vaccine. Presumably she already knew this and made the choice to do this, right? Like it's not confirmed in the game, but you, you would sort of assume that. Um, Well, it's, it's not clear, but she was unconscious when Joel got knocked out. So maybe they just, took her unconscious and prepped her for surgery yeah oh that could be and that's why she's got the big question at the end yeah well so joel gets mad and he's like nah man fuck that so he decides to go and save her and take her out of there and when she comes to he lies to her and says oh they actually didn't need you they've had dozens of people like you come through it doesn't work so they're just not gonna look for a cure anymore Mm -hmm. and she kind of knows he's lying like she doesn't believe him Uh, Mm -hmm. and then the last scene in the game is them just like on a walk and she asks him again like point blank did you lie to me and he's like no and then that's the end of the game and the credits roll (laughs) yeah and once again to me it just seemed like the choice he made was more because he's like morbidly attached to Ellie because of like his own past than it is that like he thought he was doing something good or like making a a positive choice because like they keep showing us that he's like not a good person and that he doesn't really like care I mean three quarters of the way through the game he just tries to dump Ellie because he's like sick of it and he wants to leave yeah but also at the same time it's like would you really entrust these people with the vaccine? Do you really think, really think they were capable of coming up with something if they like chopped this girl up? It seemed like a pretty slim chance to make f- like save humanity from like these like raving bandits, essentially. You yeah, know? it still seems kind of self-serving, though. Well, absolutely, and like lying to her about it is like not the solution. Yeah, but at the same time, like he had the one chance and. That one chance uh, had to deal with killing several people. I just think he's a prick. Maybe that's like the the turning point where he really becomes her father figure when he uh, makes a decision to benefit himself and then lies to her about it. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, <laughs> welcome to being a 90s kid. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. But I think it's that whole plot is interesting in the context of like what the game is trying to say about violence or what it's showing you about violence, right? Where it's like, you know, Joel isn't a good person. You playing the game and even the game telling you that like you should kill these people doesn't mean that like what you're doing is good, right? Yeah. I mean, it is like a critique from inside where it's like you make a violent video game to critique violent video games, which mm-hmm. I think that is a conversation, you know, like, is that, does that work? I think usually not. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I think there's another big theme here about Ellie's never like given a chance to be a child. And so she basically has to like be an adult to survive. Yeah. And then they make like parent choices about her and they even like try to prep her for surgery and stuff like all this stuff without her say or consent in any of it yeah and then the the game is ended with the father figure lying to her and just like again like treating her like a child and not an adult about her you know future and destiny or whatever so it's i mean that's a big uh part of this too like how little ellie has to do with herself yeah yeah i feel like ultimately he has like very i don't know i just like didn't like him i feel like he has like very like little respect for her actually and like the only concern he has for her well-being is related to him being like depressed about his dead daughter like his trauma yeah he's basically using her as like a representation of what he lost yeah but not respecting her as herself exactly but at the same time, like, uh, like Ellie makes it clear that she needs him too. Yeah. So I mean, it's like every like real relationship, it's like deeply inherently flawed. You know, <laughs> nobody has a perfect relationship with anyone. You know. True. Yeah. Which makes it more human and relatable, even though you know he's a killing psychopath. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing I liked about this game is that they frame him in a negative light throughout, and they show that like the things that he continues to do like aren't good because i mean so like i mentioned earlier i think video games have a really big good guy with a gun problem Mm -hmm. where like they just love to make you like a good guy with a gun and they love to say like your violence is justified you should do this right yeah and i really think that that does like have a real world impact on people right like I'm not going to say like some Republican shit and be like, oh, like if you play violent video games, you go out and like shoot people. But if you continually consume media, that's all about like a good guy with a gun. It does change your perception of the world. And I also feel like if you're always constantly consuming images of like realistic graphic violence, you do become desensitized to it. And like, I feel like that's a huge problem in video games right now that once Mm. again, I'm really curious to play the sequel because I feel like some of the negative reaction it's getting is from game journalists trying to like knee jerk react to it in order Mm. to like make themselves look better. (laughs) Sure. Also clickbait is like pretty lucrative nowadays. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm kind of like really annoyed with the games media because They've been like propping up bullshit like The Division 2 and like all this mm. fucking dumb games where you're like a super cop or whatever. And then now yeah. like that suddenly a bunch of people are mad about the police. They're like, hey, you know what? Violence is bad. 
And it's like, yeah, I got mad because I saw a cop in a video game yesterday. And it's like the same way I feel about so many politicians right now where it's like you've had literal decades to Mm -hmm. like do something about this or comment on it. And instead you haven't. And so like, yep. Don't try and flip your stance in two weeks and have me just be like, yes, slow clap incoming. Thank you so much. You know? Yeah. So now when you boot up the division two, you get prompted with like platitudes from the corporate overlords about, yeah. So I just like wish that I could be like at all concerned about violence in video games right now. Like I wish that were like on my list of problems. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, I do feel though that like if you are in the games media and you've been propping up like images of military violence and images of police violence as like, this is fine. I like this game. Seven out of 10. Like you do have some culpability. And if you're trying to like flip your stance now, I think you're full of shit. You know, it's the same as city council members and local politicians who are like, the police are bad. Black lives matter, but we're still going to give the police 40 million more dollars this year. You know, also, I feel like in this instance, it's kind of irritating that that's what they're focusing on. And when it kind of seems like the fact that she's like a fucking rootin' tootin' character who like was born or not born into but like lived through all this shit and is like also like a gay character which you don't really see Mm. like i feel like that like the violence shouldn't be like outweighing like an actual like i don't want to say boundary breaking but like i feel like historical maybe i don't know it just seems like more relevant to me than like the violence Mm. well totally yeah i agree with that and once again like I don't want to rush to judgment on a game I haven't played, but I just am getting that feeling from the video games media right now. And it's like really pissing me off. Cause it's like, I've never played like a modern military game ever because I don't want to look at images of the modern military who have literally been committing. Uh, jet- <laughs> when we were evacuated, we were like watching CNN and our, uh nephew was playing call of duty on his phone and like i'm not shitting you like my legs were like numb like i I couldn't even like look at him i yelled at him a bunch yeah well i was gonna say i don't i don't want to look at any images of the modern military because they've been uh, committing a genocide against arabs for longer than i've been alive like Mm. no or like propping up genocide against arabs in other countries like no, fuck the military. Like, I fucking hate the military. And it's like, fuck the police. Like, I don't want to see images of this shit. And I've been doing that my whole life. And now that, like, sure. people on Twitter don't like the cops, the games media is like, well, maybe fuck the cops. And it's like, <laughs> it just pisses me off once again. Cause it's like, I sure. kind of feel like some of these reviews are very, like, trendy, very, like, white liberal bullshit take on, like, The Last of Us 2. And mm-hmm. it, it's offensive to me. It's just as offensive as like all the fucking Nazis lurking in the comments, you know? Sure. Yeah. I kind of hate reviews just like period. I don't read them. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially video game reviews. Yeah. I also just like don't give a shit about what anyone has to say. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, yeah. I like analysis. Yeah. Stuff. I like the things that like Polygon puts out. I mean, there are a lot more interesting ways to talk about games than just like. Yeah slapping a fun factor on it yeah which you know i do like to do but it it needs to be like a more well-rounded conversation yeah yeah it has to be a three out of five with a quip 
that's how you rate a game, right, James? <laughs> you goddamn run. I like my issue with like reviews at all. It's just like okay, like this is like what you see as negative, but also like how would you have done it? So like because they're sure. like saying like oh this game is like so fucking violent, blah blah blah. It's like well how would you survive in the apocalypse? You know? Mm. Yeah. I, f- I I don't know. It like that shit just like makes me crazy and i also just think that like because like the way i relate to horror is like a form of like escapism and like something i can like understand when everything around me is like so bad it's kind of just like mm-hmm. can you just like shut the fuck up and like let us have it like can you just like <laughs> let us have it like yeah. i'm sure there's gonna be like a new what the fuck ever like fifa or whatever <laughs> that like they can go talk about that in six months just like leave us alone yeah. i don't know no, I, I agree 100%. And I don't know. Like, I think that, once again, it this series, I'm going to give it credit for at least trying to make a criticism. I guess that's kind of mm. like my bottom line on it is that maybe you can argue that the critique isn't effective or that it's not perfect. But, like, the fact that it even makes it at all is cool to me because... Yeah, like I referenced earlier. So I got this PS4. I'm trying the streaming service. One of the first games I see on there that's like newly added is Dishonored 2. That's the game that uh, Arcane made uh, before Prey. We covered Prey for this show. I love Prey. Um, and like Eat, Prey, Love, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, sure. And so I boot up that game to try it. And like the first thing you do is like really, really graphically chop a dude's head off. And like in first person, yeah. So it's you doing it, yeah. And then there's like blood everywhere, and I'm like, wow, that was crazy. And then I go to the second guy I have to kill, same thing. And I go to the third guy mm-hmm. I have to kill, same thing. And I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking play this game. Like this is too <laughs> fucking much. It is like to the point of it being obscene, and I don't understand why you would enjoy playing this. And mm-hmm. so then you go to like The Last of Us. First of all, the violence doesn't feel as graphic in a weird way because it's not first person. But then also like the fact that there's some sort of like critique of it or like commentary on it, you know, mm-hmm. um, I actually I really appreciated that. Oh, also totally off topic. Side note, uh, James, in the beginning of Dishonored 2, it actually like there's a cutscene where you get superpowers and the game gives you an option to turn the superpowers on or off. Like you can reject it and play it without <laughs> superpowers. So turns out you actually did play Prey the way the developers probably like one of the ways they intended it to. So I apologize and I retract all of my uh, clowning on you <laughs> that I did in that episode. Sucker. <laughs> anyway, the point is that like there's just like if you're in the space of like mainstream video games, there's so much fucking violence. There's so much like glorification of good guys with guns. There's so much of that bullshit that the fact that this game like Mm. actually has a critique of it really feels good to me. This isn't like superhero violence to me though, or like super cop stuff. This is more like Cronenberg history of violence, Eastern promises violence. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more gritty, realistic and, uh, I don't know, like necessary in the situation. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, do you think all the reviewers are, like, pissed that in, like, the second one, Ellie's not just, like, running around in, like, a wet, like, tank top or something? Because, like, <laughs> everything I've seen, like, she's dressed like an actual human being. And, like, I don't know. Thinking about that in relation to, like, I'm playing The Witcher 3 right now. And, like, <laughs> mm. just, like, tits everywhere. Like, all these people are just, like, running around, like doing magic like shooting fireballs and they're 
boobs are just like so huge fully out and like pinned pinned to their chest somehow and i don't understand it i don't understand it but i i don't know that like kind of just makes me think of like how like all the like good things that like i would like to see more in video games are being like outweighed by like people thinking like they're being revolutionary by bringing up violence in video games i don't know the worst part of the internet was like ever like giving gamers voices you know yeah. what i mean so. <laughs> yes is it the is it the video game agreed <laughs> yeah well and also it's like maybe people want something more empowering or uplifting or whatever but it's like that's not always what horror is like yeah. i think frequently horror is not and you can still have a good representation of a character which i think ellie is at least in this first game that like still is not really like empowering or uplifting like ellie does go from being technically defenseless to like being a killer by the end of the game but yeah it's not empowering and it's de- there's definitely not like a you go girl moment you know where like <laughs> like Katy perry starts playing and like all the lights come up and her hair is blowing in the wind like i don't know when i when i like finally stabbed that guy in the throat i was like fuck yes that felt so good thank you ellie well yeah thank you but that's like a horror movie thing where like (laughs) that guy was a cannibal and like really creepy and sucked and then like she flat out murdered him and that was awesome but like Mm -hmm. it's once again it's like her becoming a killer isn't like framed as some sort of like cool awesome thing and i think that in the second game I'm assuming that her still being a psycho killer is not framed as like <laughs> a cool, awesome thing, you know? Sure. I think that's, that's the game, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think like a big topic too, with this game is like, is it a good horror game? Or as some mm. people have argued on the internet, that's been shown to us on the discord. Some people are wondering, is it a horror game at all? Well, it is, but I don't think it's particularly scary. Um, there's a lot of tension when you're outnumbered and you're in a combat situation. But I wouldn't consider this game like scary in the least. But it, it has so many like horror vibes and themes. Like, yeah, it, it can't not be a horror game. Yeah, I think there's like nothing scarier than like survival to me. Yeah, it's the people that are the scariest things in the game. Yeah. And it's almost like the zombies are a means to an end to get to the post-apocalypse. Yeah. And, like, the real horrors are the people. Yeah, exactly. Like, the creepy cannibal guy that wants Ellen Page's, like, child bride or whatever. He's, like, the fucking monster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, I think this game is so tense and at times so stressful that it totally earns its spot in horror, right? Like... Yeah, I think that totally. horror can be presented in multiple ways and have multiple facets. And this game is definitely in the like tension horror. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, one thing we didn't talk about a ton is like there are parts where you're just in like a pitch black room with a fuck ton of zombies, and those parts are really tense. And if you get surprised by one, you're gonna jump. Like, yeah, it's scary as fuck. And I think well, your flashlight starts flickering, and you have to jiggle your dual shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did not understand that. What was that? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I had to bring it up. It's like 
the one thing in this game that really makes it feel like it came out almost 10 years ago is having to waggle <laughs> the dual shot. I didn't get <laughs> what was going on, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, we just bought this, and like, all <laughs> he broke this shit. <laughs> Gotta go, <laughs> go back to Costco. <laughs> and you gotta jiggle that dual shock. Yeah. <laughs> Then it makes the the little ASMR jiggly battery sound. Oh my god! I turned off. I immediately turned off the speaker on my controller. I hated that shit. Oh really? Yeah, I hate that shit. The the voice memos go through the speaker and the controller. Oh really? Yeah. Crazy. Oh. You missed out on that 4D experience. That's yeah. cool. Ollie turned all kinds of stuff <laughs> off on the PS4 already. Yeah. That's what I do. Like the Spider-Man voice. Well, yeah. I, no, I got a trophy when I was playing something, and I was like, ooh, and Ollie was like, I'm going to turn that shit off. And then now I just like, <laughs> never again. Now you can't see your Chivos. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, the reason I turn those off is because I mostly play like horror games that are like weird, sad dramas. So you're, like, you're playing The Last of Us, and like a dude commits suicide, I'll be like, booting, you got the trophy. Took I'd be my like, own hell life. yeah. <laughs> It's Rack like, him up. <laughs> it's so inappropriate. Like, it's so fucked. Yeah. Yeah, as somebody that, like, missed that PS3 console generation, like, I still don't really understand Chivos. <laughs> I don't understand the allure of getting them. Well, I just like praise of any kind. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. So You're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all it takes. <laughs> If The Last of Us could just remind you every five minutes, like yeah. Ellie telling you that you're doing great. Yeah. It'd be my favorite game. Yeah. I kept getting like the feeling that like The Last of Us is just like a super linear, easy Legend of Zelda, though. You even ride Epona at certain points. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Ellie's there and she's like talking to you and almost like that little fairy, but less annoying. Yeah. I'm going to play yeah. it on, on like, easy, easy. Because, Ali, you put it on normal, right? Yeah, I played it on normal. Yeah, I'm going to play it by myself on easy with the gore turned off. Yeah, I, I, I got to the last, last final battle of the DLC. And I died twice, and I was like, you know what, I'm putting it on easy. And I put it on easy, and I beat the last battle. Yeah, So don't boy. feel bad about doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. how I'm playing The Witcher. Because it's like, I want to see the end of shit. And it's like, sure. I get really bad... Um, anger. <laughs> I have so gamer rage. Yeah, it's so called gamer I, rage. <laughs> I do this thing with these mono genre games where I like play the way I'm like comfortable playing, but then I don't really like go outside of my box. So I never used the smoke bombs in The Last of Us like at all. Oh, and I think I only used the nail bombs like once or twice. Oh, and the flamethrower exactly one time. Those are oh all God. the best weapons in the game, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up just knifing guys, honestly, for most of the game. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be Hitman, essentially. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it more in the bonus episode, but, like, there is a lot of Hitman in these mono-genre games, where, like, because there's so much stealth, and it always gives you that option to, like, kill everybody without getting noticed or whatever, but it's, it's like, kind of jank. Um, I, I had the thought while playing this game that I think it would be better on easy or super easy or whatever. Cause like you're really meant to just keep going forward and never stop. And sure on normal, there were a few parts, especially in the middle of the game. Like when you're in Philadelphia, there's a bunch of fights that suck yeah. and you'll keep mm -hmm. dying and keep getting reset. And like every time it just sort of breaks the illusion of the game. 
that you're like sure. constantly running forward. I mean, you have to remember that these are still the guys who made Crash Bandicoot. So like at its core, <laughs> you're supposed to just be like pressing forward, you know? Yeah. So like, I don't know. I, I do think this would be a great game to play on easy and just like keep moving forward and just keep like seeing the game, you know? Yeah, it was just kind of goofy putting it on easy because Ellie got shot like 43 times before dying. I was like, damn, this girl is tough. <laughs> well, see, that's another thing, too, is like you kind of have to just like suspend a lot of disbelief while playing this game because it's like it wants you at certain points to be like, oh, no, Ellie's in danger. But if Ellie was actually like re- like realistically in danger, the game would be impossible because she also runs around yeah. like a little idiot. And like, OK, I wanted her to get her period so bad. I there thought was- it was going to be. I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> And there was then, a part like, where she, would have to explain yeah, it. she's being so fucking mean at one point, and I was like, "Oh, I think she's gonna get her period," and then it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, uh, since we're talking about like the jankiness with Ellie, um, there's this uh, when you're when you're in a stealth part and you're hiding and you have like followers with you, it would be like Ellie and another person, and maybe even another person. Like they can be like s- sitting like crouched down, basically like wide open with people looking at them and then like the guards will act like they don't see them yeah <laughs> it's so weird and janky yeah and she's like up your ass all the time it's <laughs> like how how i don't know yeah i mean it's it's a game it's a video game you gotta make it playable yeah, yeah. it's what do you want to do despawner yeah until you like get out of the combat yeah it's very very video gamey but mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think it works um I don't know. I like this game a lot. I was kind of surprised like how much I liked it and how much like I was willing to give it. Even like I said, from some of the messages and messaging that's trying to put out there, I was like, I, I kind of fuck with this dude. Like it was good. I feel like, uh, this game has a lot of like shared DNA with the evil within also. Yes. Which I mean, it came out like less than 12 months after, so it couldn't have been inspired by it. But like, there's so many similarities with like, throwing bottles and bricks and the way you want to like trick the bad guys into like having their back to you so you can stealth kill them so you don't like set off a bunch of bad guys trying to attack you all at once this game has like parts with like uh like the evil within where you get to like a big arena and there's like m60 and you have to like stop like the like big horde of zombies to getting getting to you while the guy unlocks the door or something like that yeah like real tropey stuff that kind of takes me out of it. I wish there was a little less of that, honestly. Oh, I, I I totally agree, and it is a lot like The Evil Within. I mean, I think it's there's a lot of similarity in those two games. I think if you like one, you'll probably like the other. Uh, sure, but yeah, it's kind of the same as that game where there's parts of it that are super tropey and super video gamey that don't work as well. Mm-hmm. They stick out more in this game just because this game is so much more serious and actually has a story. Uh, I will also give it props for not having like proper boss battles really. Yes. Um, there's a boss or there's what feels like a boss battle where like one of the big bad guys is stuck in a room with you, but generally it's just like realistic, like just like, you know, 10 or 12 bad guys that you have to get around or something. Yeah. 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 There's not a big, a big mushroom man to fight. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I wanted to see. You know what I hope for the second game is that Ellie adopts one of those giraffes. 
<laughs> oh, just like be a giraffe rider? Yeah. That would be sick. Wouldn't that be so nice? I guess it would make you a tar- big target, though, because you're like taller than everyone else. Yeah, but then your giraffe would be like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Dazzle everyone with your giraffe. Wow! Nature is healing. <laughs> I feel like you'd be extra safe. Hell yeah. Is The Last of Us, Nature is Healing, We Are the Virus, the game? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, okay, James, what's your star rating or whatever for this game? Uh, I'm going to give it four stars out of five because it's only on PlayStation. Fuck y'all guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like, why did I have to borrow somebody's PlayStation to play this game? That shit should be illegal. Yeah. And if you oh vote God. for me, it will be illegal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uncle James 2020. <laughs> and AK 47 for every child. <laughs> oh, no. Isn't that already what Texas <laughs> is, dude? <laughs> we're we're going to go to 100% AK 47 based uh, identification system. You got to be your ID card <laughs> with your picture on it. You got to scan it to get into the Costco. <laughs> yeah, I like this game a lot. I thought it was really great. Um, I'm. I'm super excited to play the sequel and then I can rag on it and be like all the cool reviewers I follow. When does it come out? The new Friday. One? Ooh. So I guess that's yeah. also your game club is uh, <laughs> <laughs> go play the sequel and uh, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Go play it really fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like usually I get kind of bummed when we're going to like burn through a game to talk about it for the show, but I've burned mm-hmm. through this game really hard. I think the first yeah. day I played it, I'm pretty sure I just played it for like eight hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This was a three day game for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. How much is the, the sequel? Like full last price, $60. $60. I was going to say, you know what? If some, we should have a fan art contest of Ellie, and whoever makes the best fan art of Ellie, I'll buy them the sequel. Wow, <laughs> big words. You're actually gonna gonna do that? <laughs> yeah. Do it for part one, so it's only like five dollars. Yep. <laughs> That's that sounds good. That sounds good. If you like what you heard here, draw me some fan art of Ellie, and I will buy you the first one. If, if it were a kid, it'd be seven years old. Think about that, though, man. Seven years old. That's when I had to start praying. We need a uh, goddamn it. What? We need some Ellie fan art dressed up as Fusise. Oh yeah. yeah. I just oh. like fan art in general. Oh really? Yeah, like when I draw a bird, I say it's bird fan art. Oh, so but I don't ta- like the sexy fan art. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say. So you like the like stuff mm. where Sonic is pregnant? No, I don't like. No, 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 no. I don't like the. <laughs> Sonic. I don't like the Marge and Shrek stuff. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. I get I it. I said I like fan art, not cartoons. Fucking Ollie. <laughs> But God. in my mind, they're the same. I'm sorry. Well, it's because you've never seen good fan art. <laughs> this is an open call. <laughs> what if the best Ellie fan art, I'll get it as a tattoo? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> this whole thing is a lie. Put, put that in our Discord and smoke it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, I guess I'll let Monica handle that if she actually does that. You can look it up. <laughs> What, the Ellie tattoo? Yeah. 
Okay, Ellie Tattoo, Last of Us Part 1, all cut, give me fan art.